FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 281 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. We're your hosts, Jason and Denise Venable. What's up? And it is hunting season. Hunting, hunting, hunting. Mm. I don't know if that's going to track. What do you mean? Your little jingle there. Oh. It's like the old Mervyn's commercial. Open, open, open. (laughs) Hunting season is open. And are we hunting rabbits? No, we're hunting wolverines. (laughs) I can't even do that. Wolverines. Wolverines. (laughs) Wolverines. That's right. Sounds like something Oliver would say. Wolverines. Wolverines, yeah. (laughs) But yes... The long-awaited Hunt for Wolverine one-shot is out. And actually, it's been out. We're, we're about a week late in getting to this. And I apologize, but you know. Hashtag toddler life. Hashtag toddler life. And Hashtag pregnant and toddler life. <laughs> yeah. And house remodel life. And we 11-year-old life. We haven't even gotten life. to the remodel life yet. No. We've just gotten oh to the gosh. how to design a bathroom with yeah. an 11-year-old. Yeah, and and crazy work life and everything all rolled into one big fat podcast delay sandwich. This is what happens when you have almost ten years apart between your kids. <laughs> <laughs> you live in a schizophrenic bipolar life. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. But nonetheless, here we are bringing you the goods of Hunt for Wolverine and, of course, some uh, all, some other books that came out as well. All right. Well, you ready to get to it? Let's do it. All right. Here we go. That's right. Hunt for Wolverine number one. Written by... Oh, there's two parts. So there's Secrets and Lives and Hunter's Pride with a Y. Get it? Because Kitty Pride? All right. Oh, but um bum Yeah, that's kind of how I felt, too. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh... So the first part, Secrets and Lives, is written by Charles Soule with art by David Marquez and colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. And Hunter's Pride is written by Charles Soule. And actually, they don't distinguish. So I know the other creators. I know what they did. I know Paulo Siquiera is a penciler. I don't remember if Walden Wong is an inker or a colorist. I think he's an inker. And then Ruth Redmond, the colorist, I'm pretty sure. But it doesn't actually say. If we're wrong, someone correct us. Yeah, or don't, whatever. <laughs> nobody talks to us. <laughs> That's not true. Lots of people talk to me. Oh, nobody talks to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they insinuate that you're involved when they talk to me. I'm hey. insinuated. <laughs> yes, you're <laughs> insinuated. Yeah. Uh, letters by VCs Joe Sabino. And cover art by Steve McNiven, Jay Schlesen, and Laura Martin. And on this cover by Mr. McNiven, we have an adamantium skull that's kind of ribbonized. Is that a word? Yes. It is now. And inside the skull, almost shaping the face, is a naked wolverine. Or at least we assume he's naked. He's naked from the waist up anyway. And he's got his claws out. And I really, really like this cover. The only thing I would say is the claws are super long. <laughs> um, they're like three feet long. Or more, yeah. And the angle of his hand doesn't quite match the angle of the claws. It doesn't. Um, and that's a minor gripe, though. The cover's really pretty great other than those two things. It is, and it's inspired by an actual piece of sculpture. It is? Yes. So besides the Wolverine adamantium tomb? No. Um, shoot. Now I can't remember the artist's name, but he has a statue 
of a man and it's literally it if you could grab an end and pull it mm-hmm. it's one giant piece of ribbon no oh. but it's metal and so the way he folds the metal and wraps it it makes the silhouette of a human face okay and it's really cool and i can't remember it's up north somewhere i want to say washington dc but i don't think i'm right Okay, well, that's what Google's for. Yeah. So you people can Google that. I'm assuming it's called Sculpture by Swinky. (laughs) (laughs) Or Ribbon Man. Ribbon Man. Metal Ribbon Man. Yeah. Yeah. No, it has like a... Shoot. I'll I'll Google it and tweet it later. Okay. Just grab your phone and do it now. My phone is charging because it's dead. Okay. Well, that was mine. (laughs) You have a new phone. (laughs) Well, yeah, but it got a lot of work to do. Oh. Yeah, lots of calls. Um, anyway, um, yeah, but I think I think minor gripe about the claws aside, it's a pretty great cover. It is. So, all right. Well, we get a nice little page. Wolverine died. Entombed. In molten adamantium. The X-Men took his metal encased body and hid it away, keeping its location secret. But nothing stays buried. It was only a matter of time. Time, 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 time. (laughs) All right, so then we see Donald Pierce and the Reavers. The poor man Reavers. They're like down on your luck Reavers. Um, Yeah. I'm trying to remember, the last time we saw some Reavers was in Lemire and Sorrentino's uh, Old Man Logan run. Right. And they didn't, things didn't go super well for them, and they're still not going super well. No, in fact, it, it's somewhere in the story it says they've botched three missions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, their, their track record, their, uh, their performance reviews are low. They're only getting like one star on uh, Yelp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's interesting. They're driving in this like hover plane thing, but it turns out the the vehicle is actually another Reaver, which I thought was kind of cool. So they're riding in. They're riding in their friend. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think it was like a big kangaroo plane. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, uh, if you called a lift and it a kangaroo plane came, would you? <laughs> I don't know. Is it nice? Does it have a British accent? No. Those are, those are things I have to take into account. No, it's slimy and little alien oh. faces pop out at you and go... Well, then no, obviously I'm not going to run Okay. That. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they decide they have to get some DNA. Oh, yeah, so their job, the new job is they're going to get Wolverine's adamantium-encased body... And they figured there's a million things they could do for it, including sell it for bukus of money. And, you know, if people got a hold of it, you know, there's all kinds of things they could do with, with the DNA, like you said. Uh, right. You know, scientists, cloning, enhance someone else's healing factor, whatever. The adamantium alone is probably worth a bunch. Yeah, right. So anyway, they, they find w- this old cabin that the X-Men hid Wolverine in. Um, or hit Logan in, and they find his little shrine, and one of the Reavers is like, ah, oh, ha, 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 I hate you, I hate you. They're all, they're all just griping about how much they hate Wolverine. And one of them tries to touch the end of the claw, and it cuts his finger. Mm, <laughs> karma. Yeah. And uh, Pierce is like, all right, guys, settle down. We're here to get some money. It's not a personal vendetta, but it's a very personal vendetta. And... <laughs> I want you to grab this statue and let's go. So they all try to pick up the statue. But of course it's really heavy and they hear a noise. <gasps> knock, yeah. knock, knock. Anybody like, home? <laughs> yeah. Well, I like the motivation of the Reavers that they want to get money so they can get upgrades. Because they're right. all kind of falling apart and, and like I said, down on their luck. But, but they hear something and lo and behold, they got company. So they drop the statue with a big clang. They hear a bamf. Yeah, they hear a bamf. And so outside we find some X-Men. Kind of a a not so random assortment of X-Men, but with one very random member. Um, so there's Storm. Yeah, Storm. Firestar. Well, so, yeah, so, so we kind of have our X-Men, our current X-Men gold team. 
So they've all been together, uh, at least until Nightcrawler le- leaves for red. So I don't really know where this falls in continuity. But um, anyway, anyway, we have Kitty, Colossus, Nightcrawler, and Storm, kind of our, our core crew. And then just kind of tagging along, we have Firestar, hmm. who we haven't seen in quite a while, I don't think. She needed to get paid. Yeah. She's an extra. <laughs> yeah. And also, uh, Marquez draws her kind of like... Um, it reminds me kind of uh, of Isaac's um, Human Torch lately. So instead of seeing her costume just kind of glowing, she's actually like, looks like kind of living flame. So yeah, but it's I, not neither good nor bad. I mean, it looks pretty cool. It's just very different for her. I like that there's five of them. Yeah? It's the, the five power fingers of Five fingers of a hand make a fist. Uh, it's the power of odds. Right. So, yeah, so... um. Anyway, the X-Men decide to attack the cabin. Someone triggered the security, so Nightcrawler bamfed them all there, and they start fighting the Reavers. Um, and of course, the Reavers shoot missiles at them, but they, X-Men, have a secret. <gasps> yep. But now, we gotta go back in time. Well, yeah, we gotta get our, our story. And so, Reed Richards is there. He's looking at the tomb. He talks about how he tried to find a way to restore Wolverine's healing factor and told Wolverine to take it easy, but of course we all know he's not going to do that. Um, so there's a lot of guilt going around. Yeah. Yeah, I love how Cyclops is like, it's not your fault, Dr. Richards. Logan was many things, but a good listener he was not. Storm gets a little mad. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting thing to get offended at. I wonder if she's just a little sensitive because she knows that Cyclops and Wolverine didn't end on good terms. Because it's not that bad of a thing that he said. But she's like, go easy, Cyclops. We are in the man's tomb. Well, she might still be grieving. Everyone grieves on a different level. True. And at the end of Logan's life, they were kind of an item. Right. So, yeah, I mean, she's definitely wearing wearing her mourning on her sleeves. Um, Cyclops says, he died hating me. Maybe I hated him, too. I wish I'd said something to fix it while I had time. And wise man Colossus says, we should never wait on important things. That sounds like a beast thing, not a Colossus <laughs> thing. I don't know. Colossus has the soul of an artist, so it kind of makes sense. But then Storm's like, this doesn't feel right. I thought he had a soul of a paperclip. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> Sorry, it came to me. I had to like do the it. little paper clip that used to be in a Microsoft Office. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That goes ding ding ding. Right. Ding, ding. Oh my goodness. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> so anyway, Storm decides this doesn't all sit right with her. That um, you know, Logan's just kind of hidden here with only a few people knowing about it. No one can pay their respects. On a pedestal, he went up like that. And Beast is like, yeah, I agree, but, I mean, what are we going to do? And Colossus is like, I have an idea. So then we go back to the present, and we're fighting the Reavers some more. Uh, Reavers are kind of getting their butts handed to them. Uh, of course, I mean, they're fighting the X-Men. What do you expect? Um, but there's one guy who has new powers. He can take Storm's lightning and send it back, so he fries... Poor little Colossus, which makes Kitty really mad. Um, and, of course, one thing about Kitty, you know, when she phases through electronics, it puts them on the fritz, and the Reavers all have electronics. So all she has to do is just kind of try to phase through them one at a time. And so she does. Colossus gets really angry. Um, and Pierce is like, oh, so there's one of the Reavers has this power to transmute molecules, and that's their solution to try to get the adamantium separated or broken from the uh, the body. Okay. So they can get the genetics inside. Basically, going to try to crack it like an oyster or an egg and get the yum-yum inside. Gross. Um, what? Just the idea of cracking open a tomb that has a corpse in it to get the yum-yum out oh. of it. Oh, you know. You sit around. Um, so she's getting closer she finally does it. She blows it open. But what's inside? <gasps> Nothing. <laughs> Not what's in the box. Nothing. You're so stupid. 
Actually, all I can think about is when Oliver grabs a plastic egg and then he <laughs> shakes it and he gets excited and he opens it and there's nothing in there and he's like, new egg. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and Pierce realizes they were played and then Kitty phases him and knocks him out and he's really mad. Like, where the hell is Wolverine? And then we find out that earlier, Kitty, with a reference to his, the original Astonishing X-Men, is like, this is going to be the hardest thing, the hardest phase I've ever done. But she's somehow able to phase Wolverine's body out of the adamantium shell, but still keeping the adamantium that's part of him intact. That was the hard part for her. Right, right. To separate, separate. the external adamantium from the internal adamantium, and I would th- and but also the external adamantium on the claws state. So anyway, she gets them out, which is I guess is kind of cool. Uh, she compares it to when she was stuck in that phasing bullet, where she like had to phase this giant space bullet so it would go through the earth. Um, so the the aliens couldn't destroy us. Um, so anyway, I, that's kind of many people think of as one of Kitty, like the height of her powers. And I would say this is probably a, a very, very big push on her powers, but she's able to get him out. But even then, Beast confirms, yeah, still no healing factor. He's still dead. And so now, instead of having like five people know where he is, they have a big funeral with one. Nine people. <laughs> Shh, we have to keep it a secret. <laughs> right. Wait, how but, does that song go? But at least Jubilee gets to go there. She's like, bye, bub. Love you. Which I thought was really sweet. Yeah. How does that song go for what? Pretty Little Liars? I'm going to... Pretty Little Liars? Yeah. No. Why would I know it's, that song? Uh, I'm thinking of All American Rejects. No. It's dirty a, Little Secret. Oh, sh- I'm trying to think. Hang on. Don't tell any... One or you Stop! I can't think of the song if you're singing that. Sorry. It's, uh... I don't know. It's some... Two can see. Two can keep a secret if one of them is dead. Oh, yeah. So nine can keep a secret if, if eight one, of them are dead. If one of them's dead, yeah. There's an interesting little cast of characters here. So we have Slimer. Some of the same people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Slimer, aka Dupe. Um, yeah. It's, it, I mean, I know that he and Wolverine have had some adventures together, so I guess it kind of makes sense, but. And we have uh, Kitty and Colossus, obviously. I, I like the Jubilees there. We have Rogue, and then Cyclops, Storm, and Beast, who were all there earlier. And I guess that's Firestar? Or is that Jean Grey? I don't think so. Cause it, I, mean, I hope not. No, I mean, she has long hair. And if it was a Jean, it'd have to be the young one, and she'd have short hair. Um... I'm assuming since Firestar is in the book, that's her. Anyway, okay. some some redhead. Uh, that would be cool if it was um, Heather. I wonder if she's... I don't even know if she's still alive in current continuity. Huh. Interesting. Um, I think she is. I don't know. Whatever. Um, so they all pay their respects. And I think it's funny because Kitty's like much better. And Colossus is like, yeah, better. Can I also point out, and it it may have been done on purpose. It may not have been done on purpose. I feel like, what do you call it, an Easter egg? When it heart, when it, when something touches back onto something else. Mm-hmm. So in the Logan movie, isn't he buried up near mountains and in yeah piney trees? Yeah. I don't know. It kind of just. I felt like it, they were playing, um, paying homage. It could be definitely. I mean, it's definitely a natural setting for Logan, anyway. Right. But yeah, I mean, I definitely think there could be some parallels there for sure. So, so then we keep moving on. Uh, some of Alpha Flight comes to get the Reavers because they're in Canada, where the cabin is, and so they turn them over, and then. Um, Kitty's like, well, what are we going to do with the, the metal? And Colossus like, just leave it. We'll still have a shrine here as well. So people can think that this is where Wolverine is because they don't want anyone to know where they actually buried him, right? Right. Um, 
Well, and he makes a good point. He goes, this is like all mutants. It's ever-changing. Yeah, it's evolving. And so Cutie's like, I can't wait to tell him what happened. And so we see her back where they buried Logan's body. She has a Canadian beer. She she pours some out for the homies. But then she sees the drape that he was buried in, and that's not good. But then, uh, this is weird. So he's not unburied. No, because there's still the grass home. Yeah, like it is grown over, so it's not but, like but it's not raw that dirt. Thing that's like next to her head. The thing that's next to her head. Right here. Well, I think that's just a, a visual of her, like using her phasing power to listen into the ground. I think. Uh, I had no idea what that was. It, yeah, it's not super clear, but yeah. So she she realizes something not right, and she uh she listens through the tomb and realizes it's empty. So someone has Wolverine's body, and that is no bueno. But then we go to now, right now, and we see Wolverine all dressed in black, stabbing a fat businessman. He's wearing his Under Armour onesie. Yeah, yeah. And a mysterious figure says, that's enough. And then they blew it. Perfect opportunity for snack of the year, but they snicked when they should have snacked. You know, maybe they weren't hungry. Well, <laughs> I th- I wonder if this is a Charles Soul thing though, because the artist, one of the artists, did this in Astonishing as well, where oh man, uh, they snicked on a snack. So I wonder if Charles Soul is like, I don't, I don't do snacks. <laughs> Or if he just happens to be working with artists right now who don't do snacks. But it's a great visual. Like, you see the claws pop out of the guy and blood splatter from the knuckles. But it's a snicked, and it should have been a snack. Maybe we should make them snacks and deliver it to them and be like, don't be afraid of the snacks. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So anyway, um, the X-Men go back. They, They dig up the dirt and confirm Kitty's suspicions that... Wolverine's not there, and that just opens up a whole Pandora's box. Did did he come back to life? Like, does Healing Factor somehow kick in, and he he dug himself out, or even worse, did somebody take him? And if, regardless, if he's alive, so if he's dead and someone took him, that's, that has its own problems. But if he's alive and someone took him, that's even bigger problems because he hasn't contacted anybody. Right. Um. And so does that mean he's under someone's control? Um, so we get some more snicks and uh, some more sn- snicks that should be snacks as Wolverine sits in a dark room just popping his claws over and over again. Uh, the X-Men talk about how what a scary situation this is. And we I feel like, and I could be wrong, that up to this point, most of the X-Men still believe that he's dead, but someone has stolen his body. Yeah, I mean, definitely could could be what's going on. But they definitely don't know. And we, we end this part of the story with Logan in a dark room just, just popping his claws over and over again. It's a pretty haunting visual, really. It is. Um, very similar to the pose he was in in the statue. Yes. Um, as he's sitting on this ledge. Um, so, yeah. So that's where that part ends. And then we pick up but kind of a, a prelude to the, the miniseries that are about to happen. Um, so we have Tony Stark, um, who's had a partnership with Kitty before, but Kitty breaks into his lab, says, I need your help. we got to find Logan. And there's some cool little banter between her as, as his ego is a little bruised when she he finds out that Kitty went to Daredevil first. Um, but she was just trying to think outside the box. Right, right. And so, of course, they're going to help. But then the Reavers, who got away, the helicopter, heliplane lady, she calls Lady Deathstrike, who I guess... Is a Reaver? Is not... Well, she used to she used to work with the Reavers, yeah. Okay. And it's kind of that once a Reaver, always a Reaver. But also, right now, she's supposed to be in Weapon X. Unless she left that team and they just haven't said anything yet. But Spoiler. she's Spoiler! Yeah. <laughs> But she's in Japan right now. We know she's going to be in the uh, one of the miniseries as well. But they basically set up the team for Weapon Lost, um, 
which is going to be Iron Man, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Spider-Man to, to, to look for Wolverine. And Stark has a good point. He's like, usually you X-Men kind of keep this kind of stuff to yourselves. Right. But Kitty's like, oh, we're looking too, but we need, we need more help. <laughs> and this is a really, really potentially dangerous situation. And then we kind of set the scene for that, that scene in Legacy. Right. Where they showed young Jean Grey with the empty, with the cracked tomb. And so we find out that our, our book that's going to be a magic report, we set the stage for that, which is Storm, Kitty, Psylocke, Jubilee, and Rogue are going to go to Madripoor to see if someone's trying to, to sell Wolverine on the black market or his genes or his DNA or something. And so Gene's like, I'm pretty sure he's alive. They may not want to believe it, but, but you're alive. And we, and we really, we get a recreation of that scene that Mike Diodato drew where she's like, welcome back. So, a lot going on there. A lot. <laughs> All right, well, so... When we, and we can break it down to both ways. What did you think of the art? I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, Marquez is one of my favorites. I, I enjoyed it a lot. And the Sinquiera part was pretty good, too. But I definitely, the Marquez stuff was, was fantastic. I agree. All right. Very great looking book. What do you think of the story? There were certain parts that were a little heavy. A little wordy, uh-huh. but for the most part, I it's well written from the standpoint of I truly felt like I was watching a movie or a show. There was very much here's the beginning, then we're gonna do a backstory, and then we're gonna flash forward. We're gonna give you this, and then so there was enough jumping around that kept me interested. Um, yeah. and I did like how the end of this book harkens back. To another panel we've seen in another book. Yeah, I thought that was nice. I, I like the way it all ties together. Um, it's a very kind of curious continuity stuff. Um, like I mentioned, the Lady Deathstrike part. Um, also, <laughs> it kind of just makes me feel even more that the the post credit Where's Wolverine scenes really have nothing to do with anything. Right. <laughs> because obviously he is either you know, working for somebody or, or being mind controlled or something. So there's no time for him to run around the world just kind of saying hi to people. Where in the world is Wolverine? So, I don't know, but I mean... Yeah, but we also don't know what comes next. Right. So he might be controlled and he might escape. And yeah. there's endless possibilities. Right. And how this will play into... The Infinity stuff and the Soul Gym, and I just, or no, what does he have? The Space Gym, right? Right. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So there's a lot of questions on on where this ties in or how it ties in, but as a story into itself, I I thought it had a nice flow to it, and with the art being as great as it is, and just unable to separate kind of my excitement for Logan coming back, um. You have to give this five out of six claws. I will also give it five out of six. Nice. Very good. Very good. Okay, well, that is Hunt for Wolverine number one. And, of course, we have our uh, Weapon Lost, Adamantium Agenda, The Claws of a Killer, and Mystery and Madripoor all coming up around the corner. And I misspoke. Uh, Daredevil's not on the team with Iron Man and them. That's going to be the... Adamantium Agenda book. Uh, the Weapon Lost book is Daredevil and Misty Knight. So I, I misspoke a minute ago. <gasps> Shame on you. I know, man. I know. You're slacking. Right? Well, anyway, um, next up we have the penultimate chapter, the second to last issue of All New Wolverine. Boo. Yeah. You know, it's, like half, you know, it's weird. It's a, it's a weird place to be on the podcast right now. Super stoked for Logan coming back. Really bummed this book is ending. Yeah. And it's, and it's both at the same time. So very mixed feeling. Um, but of course, we have All New Wolverine number 34. Written by Tom Taylor. Art by Ramon Rosanis. Colors by Nolan Woodard. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! And the cover by David Lopez. 
And on the cover, we have old woman Laura running away from a giant Dr. Doom head. What do you think of the cover? You you want my first opinion when I pulled it out to read it? Sure. We wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> we wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> With the blood red and the Dr. Doom green? Yes. Yeah, I can and see that a little bit. And the snow in the background? The snow and Dr. Doom's kind of like a big metal Christmas tree. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I will say probably my favorite part about the cover is that they they use the uh, green swand and corner that's been dressing all these issues and match it on the other side to make Dr. Doom's hood. So they actually incorporate it into the image instead of it like distracting from the cover. It becomes part of the cover. I thought that was cool. Um, I also like the eggs, how it makes the top of his hood. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the Dr. Doom part looks really great. I think the Laura part looks fine and just doesn't necessarily look like Laura to me. See, okay, so the first time I saw it, I actually thought it was Gabby. Oh, like but she young has gray Gabby. hair. Yeah. But then I saw the gray streaks and I remembered that Gabby has a shaved head. Right. So I was like, oh, maybe this is hearkening. Like maybe there's a dream sequence and they're hearkening back to when Gabby was younger. But yeah, it doesn't. No, I was wrong. <laughs> right. No, it's Laura. So, I like the cover overall. Um, I mean, David Lopez is pretty great anyway. So, it's a pretty good cover. Um, all right. So, remember, we're in the future. Okay. And Laura is on her last mission because she's dying. She wants to save Baloney from Dr. Doom. Baloney. <laughs> and, and Gabby we- is the current Wolverine. She's right. graduated from Honey Badger to Wolverine. Which means there's no more Wolverine in this timeline? Well, no, Gabby is. Gabby's no, Wolverine. I mean, like, there's no more Logan Wolverine. Not in this timeline. It doesn't seem like. No. Okay. So. so or is I, there old Wolverine? <laughs> I don't know. He hasn't been mentioned, so I don't know. Okay. Anyway, they go to the biodome that is about very, uh, and at the end of last issue, we realized that Gabby had betrayed Laura and Maria Hill. And what happens as they get ready to fight the betrayal? They find out that it is Captain Marvel and Hawkeye. Yay! Kate Bishop, Hawkeye. I loved when Wolverine was in her book, and so I really liked this reconnect. Yeah. I'm not, I, I'm not a big fan of Hawkeye's uniform it's kind of yeah the it's one 80s arm yoga yeah yeah it kind of <laughs> is let's call it what it is <laughs> it's future clothes it's i do like captain marvel's redesign though yeah and i like her with the silver hair too it's it's nice yeah so they they tell laura hey we heard you were gonna do something stupid so we came to do it with you yeah and gabby just kind of shrugs it off like eh. Don't be mad at me. Yeah, and Laura goes, yeah, I need to do this before I die. And they're all like, uh, what? She's like, yeah, so I'm dying. Surprise! Right. And then, and then she pulls a classic Wolverine. So she's, you know, it's, it's really cool the way Tom Taylor, this whole series, has separated Laura from Logan. And then she pulls a very Logan move here and says, all right, well, y'all can help me, but I'm in charge. Right. We're doing it my way. Yep. And they, they found an underwater tunnel to get into the biodome, so they're gonna they're gonna go underwater. So they go underwater and when they surface they realize that well, Yeah, but let's not gloss over this page. Oh. I love this page of them slowly going under the water because when you look at their faces, like you see Laura and Maria Hill taking these like deep breaths like a <gasps> Right. <laughs> it's really cool. I just didn't I I love the way that page was drawn. I didn't necessarily enjoy their banter on the page okay fair enough so they they swim i guess under the biodome um and they surface only to realize that maria hill is not with them so captain marvel goes oh shoot and so she dives under the water pulls out uh, maria hill and we find out that I guess in the dome, in the Doom Dome. In the Doom Dome. Only Doom AI works. Right. So all her tech has been kind of 
keeping her alive. Keeping her alive and supplementing her is is not working. So she's she's kind of at like half strength. I also like that there's no real light and there's no sunlight. So everything has a Doctor Doom green hue to it. And I gotta say, you know, Nolan Woodard, of course, Wolfie Award winning Nolan Woodard. The colors in this book are so good. They they are pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, just so so good. Um, so anyway, they uh, they talk some more. <laughs> I love the Hawkeye's response to the the no tech working. Is like, but I bought all these trick arrows. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Gabby's like, oh, my laser claws. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, I do love your laser claws. Right. But then Laura brings up a good point that the nanites that make Gabby not feel pain will also not work. Uh, are those the same things that lived in Logan that kept him from healing? No, those uh, not no, not entirely. That was something. Those are microverse critters. Okay. The well, nanites are like, like you remember the first GI Joe movie? I mean, not that you should, but no. Okay. Well, no, no loss. Uh, anyway, the nanites are like little little robots. So they they take away her pain receptors. Well, okay, so. Was that ever discussed that that's how Gabby's pain receptors don't work? That she has nanites? I think so. I thought it was just that was her thing. <laughs> like, she just didn't feel pain. No, I think they said that because that was... After they cloned her, they introduced the nanites to like... So not only would she heal, but she also wouldn't hurt. Because Laura can heal, but it still hurts like hell. So they... And, and to make the weapon better... "Quote unquote," they took away the pain as well. I yeah, but then that doesn't make sense because when Gabby, when they were trying to make that sword or the armor for Laura, uh huh, that was made out of that special soul soul metal. Yeah, so they ripped out a piece of Gabby's soul, and they told her this is gonna hurt, and she felt pain then, but. In theory, if her pain, if the nanites kept her from feeling pain, they're not, when they rip her soul out, they're not ripping the nanites out, so she wouldn't feel pain. Well, I don't know, maybe the soul hurts differently than the body. But, anyway. I don't know, let's not get stuck on the nanites. I don't like that. That's fine. I'm just stating. I yeah, don't like it's the not nanites. my favorite either. I'm not. I think nanites are overused for the most part in comics, but um. Anyway. I I get they needed to give Gabby a a crutch, like by taking by having stuff not work. Like Hawkeye can't shoot her special arrows, and Gabby can't have this, and this person can't have that. Like I get it, because it gives them a crutch, and then they have to rely on their own wit. But I just right. don't like it. All right, yeah. moving on. All right, moving on. Maria Hill has a magic bullet, but she has to talk to it. Hmm. <laughs> I, it will say, I will say, I will say, I didn't see necessarily what was going to happen, even though we've seen something similar before. It still caught me by surprise. I just figured she was insane. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. All right, so what do they do next? So they try to sneak into the throne room, and what happens? They 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 decide they're going to get some intel by kidnapping the first random person that walks by, and they're and Laura puts her hand over her mouth and goes, "I'm gonna remove my hand, but don't scream. Where can we find Doom?" And the girl's like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna scream, but Doom already knows you're here. Cause look," and she pulls her hair back, and there's a chip. Yeah, attached to her eyeball. Yeah. Yeah. So Doom, like, Doom Doom sees all. everything. Yeah. I love Doom's throne. First of all, I like his new little gloves. Um but I also love his throne room that is like decorated with like superhero stuff, like his trophies. So he has Cap Shield, Thor's hammer, Iron Man's helmet, Spider Man's shirt. Um, and I love all the green curtains. Like it just the design of. I also like this when he's sitting on when he's sitting on his throne. He kind of sits like I do sometimes in a recliner, <laughs> with like one leg over the arm, like just yep. super chill. And this is very chill, Doom. I like it. 
But I'm sure his chair's not padded and comfy. He's like, can't be comfortable. Well, he's in armor. How comfortable are you going to be? E- either he has foam, either he has memory foam on the inside or he doesn't. So I'm going to pretend he has memory foam. Yeah. So he sends his doom bots after the heroes. Our heroes are getting ready to take their last stand. And what do they do? So they decide they're going to shoot the special arrow. So well, the special bullet. The sp- oh, sorry, the special bullet. Yeah. But so <laughs> Go ahead. But Maria Hill has to talk to it first. Right. So Captain Marvel goes up so she can tell them which way the doomed bots are coming. Uh-huh. Um, and then Gabby and Hawkeye kind of randomly are like, would you talk to your bullet? Right, yeah, that's weird, right? Yeah, it's weird. But Maria Hill's like, because um, Laura's questioning, because, you know, she has a cybernetic eye. She's like, right. can you shoot that thing one eye? She's like, my other eye's good. And then <laughs> Kate's like, <coughs> yeah, hi, a Hawkeye standing right here, best shot yep. in the business, you know, that Hawkeye. Um, so they give her the gun after Maria talks to the bullet. And Carol sees the Doom bots, and, and what do we do? So Hawkeye shoots a Doombot, gets it square in the noggin. Yeah. So then Laura says, you take the one over there, I'll take the one over here. And they do a fastball special. Yes, a Carol-Laura fastball special makes my day. And this page with the double snicked with the fastball special is like drool-worthy page. Like it's such a good page. It is a good page. But when I saw this page, I went, ooh, I love it. And then I saw something, and I went, oh, I hate it. What? So it's the girl in me. Okay. Okay. You know, she's got her red, black, and white costume, Uh right? Yeah. So there is a piece of red, because, you know, she's got red on her gloves and on her cowl. There is a piece of red on her armor, and where it is placed, it looks like a nipple. Oh, and the way they do the shadow? Yes. Okay. And that's all my eye goes to now. <laughs> that's Because I'm like, nipple? What? I didn't even notice it. It's really more of like an under boob. <laughs> but, yeah, okay. I just, if they'd made it all black. Well, they were, I think they tried to show some shading to give it some shape. But, yeah, it, they could have just left it all black. It yeah. Been fine. But. It's just distracting. Yeah. So I don't know. Is this is this a possible snick of the year? Mm, I could see it as a nominee. Okay. I will make a note. So anyway, we get an awesome fastball special from Captain Marvel and Wolverine gets to go to town with some Doom bots and we f- figure out why the magic bullet was so magic. What happens? There's a little tiny person living inside <laughs> of it. It's Wasp. It's Wasp. What do you think of Wasp's future costume? Well, it's funny because when the bullet opened up, I was like, is that Wasp? And ca- like, I, thought, I thought it was like Gabby's alternate costume at first. I wasn't. Sh- I questioned Actually, if it was Wasp and then yeah. I thought, no, Wasp would be too old. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to make a weird comment because I really when we talk about the book overall, I'm going to really really rave on the art. Uh-huh. But this particular design reminds me very much of an early 90s like Rob Liefeld universe design. Like it looks like a hero from like one of his brigade books or something like that. It still looks cool, but it, just the the weird pointy helmet. Yeah. I can see this like this this character being like in young blood or something. It's it's very strange. But it's wasp with the laser wings. I did like the laser wings. So, but how do they work? Shouldn't they not be working? Um I don't know. <laughs> Why can she not get bigger? Their only explanation is is if she got any bigger her body would be torn apart. Well something must have happened in the in the Doom War. So she's stuck small. I do. The only thing I kind of wish is I kind of wish it was Nadia instead of Janet, but that's that's okay. Um, I do like the Hawkeyes, like Janet Van Doom, but 
which because her name is Janet Van Dyne, in case you right. don't know that. Um, so yeah, she gets inside the Doombot, takes control. So now they have a Doombot on the inside, inside man. But a Doombot that they took down, not really down. Yeah, didn't finish the job. And it attacks Laura. Right, shoots right through her. And just when she's like, oh man, that hurt. She realizes it shot through her, and Hill is now hurt. Yeah, like real hurt. Fatally. Yeah, hurt. like dead hurt. <laughs> and I love Carol's reaction. She just goes nuts and like just stomps the hell out of the Doombot's head. Yeah. You know, she kind of blames herself because that was the one the Doombot she was taken down right and she didn't didn't finish the job apparently so now she definitely finishes the job um but that was a really touching scene of maria hill's death and she you know kind of sheds a tear she's like i know you can you can do this laura like you can take out the last of the villains yeah and the heroes won well and it's sad because she goes i can imagine it like I didn't need to see that you won because I can imagine it. Yeah. It's touching. It is. It's really good. So what do you think of the art? I thought it was good. I liked it a lot. Um, the colors sell it. Woodard's... Co- I guess it's a great combination. Rosanna's and Woodard together make a hell of a book, I think. Yeah. Um, it looks really, really good. Um I kind of feel like this, this issue was the payoff to last issue as far as the story. Um, I think we were both a hair lower than normal on this book for the last issue. Um, kind of a lot of setup, a lot of, oh, hey, it's the future, no, 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 no. And this, yeah. this story is still in the future. It's still a possible future. But they really distill it down, and you feel like, other like you need the future to have like the different circumstances, but all right. the characters feel exactly the same. Right. And you get down to the essence of all the characters and their interactions together and it's a great team. Right. Like they all work so well together. I really, really like th- this issue a lot. I did Uh oh. Bless you. I did too. So, how much? How much did you like All New Wolverine, number 34? I'm going to give it five out of six. Yeah, I I was right on that line between five and six. Not quite a six for me, but real close. But a really high five out of six clause for me. Um, like I said, I think it, it took some of the potential from 33 and just it turned it up to 11 and really delivered on the heart of this story and right. and just I don't know, just it felt really good. I'm gonna really, really miss this book a lot. Um I'm kinda sad just thinking about it. I'm but sorry. <laughs> that's okay though. So we'll see uh you know, probably next time what the what the last issue holds for us. It'll be interesting to see whether he just kinda lets Wolverine ride off into the sunset in the future or if he somehow ties it back to the present. I'm, I'm curious what Taylor decides to do. But but as this issue is the middle chapter, I felt like it was a great second act. Like just really delivered on all the promise the story could could hold. So that was pretty fantastic. So with that, Denise, you are are free to, to do what you want. I'm free to do what I want. Yeah. I'm going to talk about a couple more issues, but not very many. Okay. Um, Hang on. Before yeah. you do. You just set it down. Yeah. Just don't like ruffle it. Yeah. You may have to put Max in the kennel, too, because he's scratching at the door. He might go crazy. There must be a rabbit out there. Speaking of rabbits, we have Weapon X number 16. <laughs> Blood, Sweat, and Claws. Happy Birthday, Old Man Logan Part 2 is written by Greg Pock and Fred Van Linty. Art by Rowan Boshi with a little bit of Andrea Sorrentino in there. Uh, colors by Frank DiAmarta. Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. And the cover is by Eric Canini or Canete. Um, 
And this cover is pretty gross. I guess it has that going for it. Super brutal, super bloody. Not bad. Better than the last one, but not great. Same for two's hands look weird. Um, anyway, it's fine, I guess. Um, so remember, uh, Sabretooth attacked Old Man Logan for their birthday tradition. So they fight some more. They find the Hulk monster prison where Amadeus has kept all the creatures he's captured. Sabretooth is going to let him go. He's trying to get Old Man Logan to cut loose. Um, they fight some more. Fight some monsters. Um, blah, blah, blah. They fight some more. Um... Probably the highlight of this issue, besides the, the Sorrentino pages, there's a part where they do a fastball special where Sabretooth throws Old Man Logan. But instead of calling it a fastball special, he calls it a furball special, which I don't think I've ever heard before. I thought that was really fun. Um, so we have a flash back, flash forward to Old Man Logan where he met Sabretooth in the wastelands. I like the visual. Sabretooth is kind of drawn a white skull on his face, and he's eating people. He's kind of devolved to his lowest basis, animalistic self. And so Old Man Logan gets tired. Said there's no more humanity left. Not going to do this anymore. Cuts his head off. Then cuts him into pieces and buries him throughout the desert. So he's already killed Sabretooth in the future past. But then Sabretooth's alarm goes off. The day's over. The birthday's over. So Sabretooth's like, all right, cool. Well, I'll see you tomorrow fight's over and then he goes to get a beer and then Warpath is like I saw the whole thing what are we going to do do we need to put him down and Logan's old man Logan's like nah we just need to make sure we point him in the right direction and I'm like maybe Omega Red next issue anyway this art is terrible I apologize for being that bluntly rude but I did not enjoy this art at all and other than a couple of little funny moments, the story wasn't what it could be. Like the Sabretooth Wolverine birthday bash was supposed to be really fun, but this one lacks any of that. Um, I don't honestly don't care to say much about this issue. Um, I'm going to give Weapon X number 16, two out of six claws. All right, so next up we have Old Man Logan with a cameo in Avengers Number 689, which is part 15 of No Surrender. It's, there's there's another chapter that kind of wraps up, but this is like the actual last part of the story of No Surrender, at least like the action part. Um, so it, of course, is written by the trio of Mark Wade, Al Ewing, and Jim Zub. Uh, this issue is drawn by Pepe Larraz, with colors by David Curiel, letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! And the cover by Mark Brooks. And on the cover we have the Game Master with some playing cards with heroes on them. That's a yeah, motif we see a lot in comics, right? So uh, our heroes are trying to get Earth back to where it should be. We have lots going on. I will say, if this book tells me nothing else, is that Pepe Larraz needs to do an Iron Fist book. Like ASAP. Um, so basically what happens is... The Human Lightning finds the Game Master and um, basically challenges him to a game of poker. And his kind of motif is if, if you win, you get to not only destroy us, but erase us, erase our legacy. And, you know, if, but if I win, the same thing. And what the Game Master doesn't realize is that no one really knows who Black, or not Black Lightning, <laughs> DC, uh, who Human Lightning is, so he's really not actually gambling anything because his story and reputation doesn't really, you know, carry much weight. So our Avengers, of course, are still fighting the bad guys. I think it's interesting that the captured people who touch the pyramids look like they're in Infinity Stones with the different colors. Don't really touch on that much, but it's an interesting visual. Um, so they're fighting the challenger on Earth, and Lightning wins his game, and so he saves the world, uh, basically based on his reputation that wasn't even there. And I'm sorry, I read this like two weeks ago, and I don't remember everything. Um, but it's a really cool book, a really cool visual. 
a really cool kind of storytelling element of and they talk about what it means to be Avengers and to always kind of have that legacy to fight for another day. They defeat the bad guys. They get Earth back where it was. They go around saving everybody, and then including the panel with Old Man Logan, um, which is where is that? Um, do, 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 do. Yeah, he's saving a fireman um, from some fire. Um, anyways, it's just it's a really cool book, and the whole like kind of bluff between Lightning and the Grandmaster is really interesting, and kind of gives that character some extra weight. Um, and it's a really cool resolution. Um, so I'm going to give Old Man, uh, Old Man Avenger, Avengers No Surrender, number 689, five out of six claws. Really enjoyed it. I would definitely recommend reading it. Um, you know, finish out that story. If you've been following it, of course, read it. But if you haven't, it's, it's pretty great. All right, so Venomize, number three, also features some Wolverine characters. This is written by Colin Bunn with art by Bon Cello, or Coelho. Uh, colors by Matt Yaki, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. The cover is by Nick Bradshaw and Jim Campbell. And on the cover, we have Venom Thor trying to pick up the hammer with symbiote ooze all around it. Um, I don't really know what happens in this story. I lost so much interest. Um, Venomized heroes are fighting with regular heroes against the poisons. Um... We find out that Jean is still alive, but she's taken over. Um, Venom and, and Flash argue over whether they're going to use anti-venom on the symbiotes. Spider-Man is like, well, they're all evil. Do it. Uh, Monster Kid shows up. More stuff happens. We get a nice Old Man Logan callback where the Venom takes over um, Devil Dinosaur, like that Venom T-Rex. Um then Jimmy Hudson's there, but he also gets taken over. Uh, his kind of Venom suit looks kind of interesting, I guess. Um, anyway, this art's really good. Uh, this story's completely lost me. Um, I'll give Venomized number three, two out of six claws. So Venomized number four, still written by Colin Bud. This art is by Kevin Lebranda. Inks by Scott Hanna and Lipsy. Colors by Matt Yaki, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, Bradshaw and Campbell do the cover again. This time we have Venom Thanos choking Venom. It's fine, I guess. Um, some more fighty fighty between everybody. Who cares? Um, yeah, whatever. I'm oh, I, I'm glad there's only one more issue with this. Um, yeah, art. Takes a step down. It's not terrible. There's a few shining moments, but it's not as good as Quello's art. Um, so for that reason, I'll give Venomize number four, one out of six claws. So feel free to skip this stuff. <laughs> All right. So real fast, we have a Wolverine flashback in X-Men Gold number 26, Till Death Do Us Part, part one, with a big Will You Marry Me on the front. Um... This is written by Martin Guggenheim, art by Michelle Bandini, who did a great job on the last Captain Marvel volume, um, colors by Arif Prianto, maybe. Uh, the flashback art is by Mr. David Marquez. The flashback colors are by Matthew Wilson. And all the letters are by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! And the cover is by the astounding Phil Noto. Um, the cover is pretty cool. I will say, as much as I love Noto, his Colossus is kind of odd-looking. I think, I think his realism plays weird with Colossus. But also because he doesn't go with the, the metal kind of lines. He makes him really solid, so it's almost like Silver Surfer with a flat top. <laughs> but anyway, it, it's fine. It's not bad. So we have a flashback of Kitty Pryde's first appearance. Uh, where Wolverine is dressed in his cowboy suit <laughs> when they visited Kitty's house uh, and he, Professor X introduces his students and Wolverine's line is ain't nobody's student bub <laughs> which of course is great and very reminiscent of mid 70s Wolverine so and there you go 
Um, but it kind of plays back to the first time that, that Kitty saw Colossus. She was like, wow, that guy's hot. So then we see them. You think they're at brunch, but really they're on a mission. They're trying to track down Mesmero. He's under the guise of an old gypsy lady, maybe. Um, Rogue and Gambit are also tagging along. Um, and they find him, but he loves playing with Rachel's mind and tries to get in her head and turns back into new Brainiac Mesmero, but Rogue punches him out, knocks him right out. I forgot that in the, in the prison story that Storm turned back into Thor Storm. Um, Thorm, I guess, maybe. Um, anyway, she does. Uh, Kitty has a, a bad flash forward of her hound self trying to hurt Kurt, and that, that bugs her. Uh, the only part of the art I don't like is there's this weird Kitty face where she's talking to the guys at the box, which is a mutant super prison, and the warden's like, well... We'll keep them safe, but you guys just kind of broke out of here. I don't know how I feel about that. She's like, actually, we've been cleared since then. You know, off panel, so don't worry about it. Um, we see that what's her name, the uh, the big anti-mutant news lady, um, is meeting with the advanced nanomite bot sentinel. They're gonna plan some stuff together. I like that Kitty's office has a portrait of '90s Rogue. That's pretty hilarious. Um. So she's talking to Bobby about letting not Pyro on the team. Uh, we see another picture, a team shot with 90s X-Men, including Wolverine. Um, so she says, we'll just keep an eye on, on not Pyro. Then Colossus is in the danger room fighting a fake Doctor Doom. Nightcrawler comes in and says, we got to do a bachelor party. And... Kitty goes to visit her mom. They miss they miss her dad. It's a really cool moment when when she asks her mom to give her away at the wedding. And her mom's like, well, I thought, I thought a man had to do that. She's like, no, you're my mom, and dad's gone. You got to do it in his honor, which I really thought was cool. And I, I think kind of that making it about the person versus the gender role is really cool, kind of like we did in our wedding where Denise's brother stood with her as opposed to being a groomsman on my side. I don't know. Uh, yeah, she was Denise's man of honor, or he was Denise's man of honor, and um, I don't know. I just I like kind of playing with those types because that's that's real life. You don't always play by the cookie cutter rules. So I, I enjoyed that the Guggenheim's going to have the mom walk Kitty down the aisle. So at the bachelor party, of course, no X Men party goes off without a hitch. So the Sentinel guy finds Colossus in the bathroom, who's being very grouchy and not having any fun. But they take Colossus prisoner. The X-Men are like, oh, shoot. <laughs> but, of course, he gets away. Um, that's our story. I got to say, this book benefits greatly from having great artists. Um, like any comic would, right? So Bandini and Marquez really give this book something visually that it is missing most of the time. Um, so that helps. And the story's not bad. You know, the fighting Mesmero part feels like the X-Men. The Bachelor Party gone awry feels like the X-Men. Um, some of the dialogue is still pretty terse. Uh, man... I'm between like a, a high three or a low four for this one. Um, which I know when Danny and jo Dan, Danny and Georgie, when Dan and Georgie hear this, they're going to be shocked that I'm considering giving X-Men gold a four. But I'm thinking about it. Um, yeah, you know what I think with the art? I'm going to gonna have to. I'm going to give this book a very light four out of six claws. And, you know, we'll see how the, the wedding plans go from here. The only thing I don't like, and I hate when Marvel does this, and they do it pretty often, is they reference a scene that says, see the wedding special when this happened, which hasn't come out yet. It comes out in like, doesn't come out for like two more weeks, and they're like referencing scenes that happened like it's in the past. I, I don't like when they do that. But anyway, that's a small quibble, I guess. So, anyway, that's our episode. 
hope you enjoyed us talking about the hunt for Wolverine and all new Wolverine and other stuff. <laughs> but um, yeah. So anyway, for uh, of course the podcast, you can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at snickcast.com. Um, show notes and stuff are at snickcast.podbean.com. And uh, I don't know what will be next. I have a couple of options. Uh, maybe a flashback or <laughs> probably not. If you heard that, you don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> no, we, we're just going to have to put that on the calendar. Just trying to do it with spontaneity is never going to happen. Um, so I'm gonna have to like pick a day, put it on the calendar, and make us do it. Um, but yeah, um, also of course the uh, Weapon Lost series starts next week, so um, we'll definitely probably cover that as soon as it comes out. Try to be a little more timely. Don't let that other Wolverine podcast upstart beat me to it. Um, but um, yeah, uh, we'll talk about that off here. Um, but anyway, uh, and you know, no hard feelings. People should do what they love. So I would never be late, begrudge that to anybody, but um, but I still gotta try to be first because <laughs> I'm competitive by nature, uh, and also naughty by nature. <laughs> uh, we do like to say because uh, all these initials are OPV. <laughs> so, yeah, you know me. Um, <laughs> But anyway, um, until next time, everybody, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And snapped.